0: Our number is 877 Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, if you've listened to this program, an invasion has occurred. There's a war taking place. Russia has declared war on an American ally, Ukraine. Well it's true we don't have any direct treaty obligations, although we do have an obligation as a result of a 1994 memo that everybody's ignoring we don't have a formal treaty obligation but ukraine is surrounded by countries with whom we do have a formal treaty obligation it's the north atlantic organization treaty organization nato poland hungary romania the balkans all members of nato all on the border Ukraine and given Putin's Stalinist-like speech 48 hours ago where he lays claim to all the formerly captive nations that were freed under Reagan and his policies and beyond. He wants the satellite nations he wants controlled including the nations I mentioned and beyond He's talking about the Russian Empire. Empire. Not the old Soviet Union per se. The Russian Empire, which is broader than the old Soviet Union. I am deeply disturbed and frustrated by the fact that we haven't unleashed crippling sanctions. These salami tactics don't work, and they're not going to work. I am deeply troubled and frustrated that we are not pouring weaponry, enormous amounts, into the Ukraine. We've stood up to the Russians before. We've stood up to the Soviets before. You know, there was a West Berlin. Harry Truman stepped up to the plate. And of course, West Germany. And we could go on. Now, not by our choice, by Putin's, we need to see the Russian army bogged down in Ukraine. And the Ukrainian people are brave people. And they have a very smart, democratic, courageous leadership in Zelensky. It was really quite remarkable to hear Putin say he wants to denazify the Ukraine. Ukraine's president is a Jew, and he was elected overwhelmingly. And one of the reasons he was elected overwhelmingly was to stop Putin and a corrupt government that preceded him by two presidencies. Now, I don't know, but I I just cannot understand why we are not, in fact, unleashing crushing sanctions against Putin directly. I don't know why we have at least 15 areas of his economy that we're not going to touch. I don't know why we're not pouring weapons, defensive and offensive, into Ukraine. To protect not just the Ukrainian people, but protect the NATO allies and to protect the United States, for God's sakes. Now, what do you think? About the commentators on radio and TV on the left and on the right. Who said to you and misled you and propagandized you. That they don't care about Ukraine, what does anything have to do with Ukraine? J.D. Vance, running in Ohio, puts out a statement, I just don't care about Ukraine, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? To prevent a world war, that's the big deal. And then there's China. China has the second largest economy on the planet. Their economy is about 80% the size of our economy. Ten years ago, it was about 50% the size of our economy. Their military, in some respects, is significantly bigger than ours and quite capable of fighting. It's a nation of 1.5 billion people. We're a nation of 330 million. They're watching this, as I said, over and over again, just as they watched us surrender in Afghanistan, just as they watched us surrender to the Islamo-Nazi mullahs in Tehran and their nuclear ambitions. They're watching the whole damn thing. And these same neo artists, if you will, neo-appeasers, neo-sellouts that so don't put America first, and they don't care about your kids and your grandkids, They're the Tokyo Roses of our time. Giving aid and comfort to the enemy, as far as I'm concerned. No one in particular, just as a general matter. Because they come to the defense of the enemy. Now look, folks, we're all well aware that we have a pathetic individual sitting in the Oval Office is not up to this job. We all know steps could have been taken a year ago, eight months ago, six months ago that were not taken. Whether dealing with Russia or China, dealing in Afghanistan or dealing with Iran. We know we are handicapped with a president and an administration that appeases But that's not an excuse, is it? For we red-blooded Americans? For the men and women who have volunteered in our military? That's not an excuse. To be obsessed with pacifism. To be obsessed with appeasement. To be obsessed with isolationism. No country has ever survived isolationism. Not one. Because the enemy doesn't care what you declare. I've talked about the Kellogg-Briand Act in the past. Let me dust it off. Passed in the 1920s. Passed after World War I. Signed by at least two score of nations. What did it do? It outlawed war. They signed a treaty that outlawed war. But the problem was, some of the countries that signed it and some of the countries that didn't had no intention of complying. Did it work a hundred years later? Here we are. Many wars, big and small. Pacifism is unilateral disarmament and disengagement. That's what it is. Isolationism. It's almost like a 15th century military ideology that we're going to be protected by the Pacific and the Atlantic. How absurd is that? There's many things that could have been done to protect this country in the last year and beyond, including our electrical grid. Now, everybody's talking about the vulnerability of the electrical grid. Should Putin attack it? And they're using that as an argument for 15th century insanity. Isolationism in the face of aggressive, evil, genocidal maniacs. Isolationism. That's not going to work. Ukraine didn't pick on anybody. They weren't looking for a fight. Israel hasn't been looking for a fight with the Iranians. The South Koreans aren't looking for a fight with the North Koreans. See, ladies and gentlemen, there really are enemies out there. There really are. And if a country's stupid and embraces isolationism or the neocon artists, they will lose a lot of their people. Some people need to be hit with a reality bat. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to have our friend Peter Pry on the program to explain again the vulnerability of our electrical grid. Could have spent 10 or $20 billion and protected the whole damn thing. I don't know of another host on TV or radio who has spent more time talking about this and insisting on it, whether Republican presidents or Democrat presidents. I don't know any other host who first introduced you to peter pry was a national asset and only now we talk about these things i'll be right back mark lupen Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free, pocket-sized Constitution right now, at com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. We're going to have Peter Pry on after the bottom of the hour. We're going to have Tom Cotton on next hour. Man who's very sensible and sober on these matters. Um, there's been a lot of sort of deflection arguments made by friend and foe alike. We're not even securing our own border. How can we secure the border with other countries, with cities whose names we don't even know? Uh, what? Wow, that's quite a a neutral standard. Um, How about we secure our border and help defend our allies? You want to send one of your kids to war? No, I don't want to send any of my kids to war. And the surest way to send them to war is to appease these provocateurs who are evil and who want to take over as many countries as they possibly can. And are hell-sent and hell-bent on doing it. But that said, last time I checked, we have an entirely volunteer military. So unless we go to the draft, we're not sending anybody to war who hasn't already volunteered to be in the military. I don't say that with any form of glee or celebration. I just make the point that the argument makes no sense. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, how many cases have you seen where Russia in particular... Over its 100-year communist and fascistic history, that is subsequent to the Tsar, but we can go back to the Tsar if you want, has been stopped by meekness, weakness, appeasement. None. You've seen none. In fact, Russia looks for smaller countries with smaller populations and relatively small militaries to gobble up. That's what they do. That's what they've done. And that's what they're going to keep doing. If they think they can get away with it. But let me ask a question. How many cities beyond Seoul and South Korea can you name on the... I don't know any. Do you, Mr. Producer? I can't think of any. So should we get out of South Korea? Do we care about that border? We fought a war over that border. Hmm. Interesting. How many cities can you name? In the Middle East outside of five or six basic cities? Hmm? Not a lot, I bet. Should we draw our support for Israel? How many how many countries beyond maybe ten countries can you even name in the continent of Africa? Should we take all of our forward bases out of Africa? How many cities can you name in Honduras, Guatemala, Bolivia, Venezuela? How many? So that's not the test. And if we don't secure our border, that means we don't support our allies? What kind of inside-out thinking is that? It makes no sense whatsoever. And Why is it that people talk this way, think this way, or write this way? are so careful about criticizing Vladimir Putin. A longtime Russian KGB operative. He was the enforcer in East Germany, meaning killer. He had very tight ties with the Russian mob, certain Russian oligarchs in order to take over Russia. He wins his first election with 40% of the vote. Some of the candidates are knocked out, some are actually knocked off. and he never gives up power since. Hmm. Okay, Ukraine. How about the Balkan states? Romania? Big problem there? The Balkan states. What about Kosovo? Bosnia? Is that okay too? Okay, so we've already said forget about South Korea, forget about the Middle East. What do we care? Trump knocks out Soleimani, the same chorus of neocon artists, sellouts, and appeasers are saying this is provocative. Who's behind all this, ladies and gentlemen? Is it the neocons? The Jews? Is it federal contractors? The very federal contractors who build the best equipment on the face of the earth so we can use it and protect our men and women in uniform. Now they're the enemy, too? They're just mere profiteers? Is that it? Wow. More and more of these so-called people on the right are sounding more and more like those people on the radical left who hate this country. America first? They certainly don't sound that way. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free, pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and... understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at Levin for That's L E V I N for Hillsdale.com.
2: Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now 877 381. Three eight one one.
0: You know, it's uh, it's rather remarkable watching this Democrats now talk about how we should do more when they've undermined our military. They've never funded the military properly. When they've been pushing critical race theory on the military. When they've been abusing our military personnel now. Uh, certainly during the full time of the Biden regime. And now all of a sudden they have figured out uh, we need a potent... Uh, Military, high morale. Uh, But now it's uh, why aren't we doing more? It's it's just amazing to watch these people. Peter Pry is a national gem. He's been talking about the electrical grid till he's uh, blue in the face. Uh, I've done what I can in a limited way here and on Fox and on Levin TV to help promote what he's saying, and to push it out to as many people as I can. More and more people are talking about it. But Peter Pry, it's very interesting to me when we get into a situation like this. Now people are, well, you know, our, our electrical grid is exposed, and this, and Putin can do that. Why the hell don't we do something about it when we can?
2: Well, the uh, the government bureaucracy, Department of Energy, and the Department of Homeland Security, but the Department of Energy in particular has a corrupt relationship with the Electric industry lobbyists like NERC and the Electric Power Research Institute, who don't want to do anything against uh, EMP or cyber, or even or even provide the kinds of uh, safeguards that would prevent blackouts in severe snowstorms in Texas or high winds in California. It's obvious that when the utilities are so irresponsible and so uh, greedy that uh, that they put. Po- public safety behind their profits so that they're willing to tolerate uh, electric power lines getting knocked down in California and causing wildfires that kill hundreds of people. Or in Texas, where they allow a snowstorm to black out the electric grid down there, which also killed over 100 people. Yeah, but let's be honest, it's
0: also the politicians in Texas and California and all. Yes. They keep pushing this alternative energy stuff, and they act like this electrical grid is just going to always be there.
2: That's right. The Biden administration, uh, t- to its minor credit, okay, has uh, has continuing President Trump's EMP executive order, and is putting, oh, maybe three hundred million dollars into EMP protection of the of of the grid uh, over the next six years. But they're putting trillions of dollars into climate change and COVID, and that uh, the climate change uh, uh, measures that they're taking on the grid are are gonna make the grid far more vulnerable. On balance, when Biden is done with his plans, the grid will be far more vulnerable to cyber attack and EMP than it is now. That's because solar and wind are, while they're good for microgrids, I mean, you can run a house on solar or, 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 or wind power, but you can't run a national electric grid on solar and wind power. The sun doesn't always shine, the wind doesn't always blow. They're inherently destabilizing forms of electricity, and they will destabilize the grid and make it easier to, uh, uh, to uh, make cyber and EMP attacks. And the Biden administration wants to put a lot more stress on the grid through electrical cars and cl- closing down coal, fire, and hydro plants, uh, not doing anything to expand nuclear. Those are the most resilient forms of electrical energy, and they're the very ones that they want to shut down somehow in the name of climate change that doesn't make any sense especially hydro and nuclear because those are also the cleanest forms of uh of of energy in addition to being the most resilient so the policy is irrational it's an example of them living in a fantasy world i mean what do you expect from an administration that thinks that public policy should be based on 32 uh genders instead of two biological sexes Mm. same thing in the crisis that's going on in nato you know, this idea, you know, NATO has been hollowed out. It's so weak. And we didn't even have any vital national interests at stake in Ukraine. And the president put the nation's credibility all on the line in Ukraine, drew a line in the sand, and the Russians have stepped right over it. I mean, he's in one stroke destroyed U.S. credibility all over the world. Uh, uh, and he's imposing these sanctions. The Russians can, ret- can what, sanctions? I, what, what sanctions? What sanctions? What sanctions? Right. These are not they're, serious sanctions. No, they're not. But even if they, they were, I mean, sanctions, I think intelligent people and tyrannies, they do have done that so many times that sanctions are a kind of phony war. They're a kind of political theater. Well, we have a little disagreement intended, with this.
0: You may recall that Reagan broke the back of the Soviet Union through economic sanctions, outspending them, outbuilding them, outmaneuvering yes. them. So it has worked. But, but it's not going to work under this president. A,
2: yeah, that was combined with a a big investment in our military and building. I agree, hundred percent. And 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 technological arms race that the Russians couldn't win with the strategic no. defense initiative. All Which of that is together why, broke their back. We're not doing any we, of it.
0: No, we're not doing any of that. So when you hear Democrats today say we should be doing more and more, I'm saying the time to do more was before. Yeah. Was before. Now I would ask you this: What do we do today? What can we do today? What order should be issued today? To get these grids or get this grid at least significantly more protected than it is today. We don't act like we're doing anything. We can't right. spend, well, for, oh, in five years or they'll be protected. We don't have five years.
2: Well, I wrote an article uh, uh, that uh, got a lot of attention um, a couple of weeks ago about how the governors of the states, because of Washington, D.C., has dropped the ball on EMP and cyber protection that the governors of the states may suddenly find themselves on the front lines of a cyber war with Russia. And uh, and so uh, since I wouldn't wait for Washington, I hope the governors of the states, you know, could pass executive orders to protect what the grids within them their do, states. Pete? And I I appended an executive order. I'd have them I'd have them direct the emergency management agencies in all of the states to start laying plans about what are you going to do to try to keep your population alive in the event of a, a blackout uh, um, what emergency measures uh, I would have them uh, get together start calling in at the state level uh, uh, the defense contractors who have hardened the military they're available in the phone book they're not a secret you know you can find them in a 15-minute search companies mm-hmm. like like khaki for example that do, have done EMP hardening for the military and bring them in and get estimates from them on how much mm-hmm. is it going to cost to protect the Florida electric grid, you know, or Texas or wherever you are and come up with a plan uh, and the plans they'll often, they, they may even do that for free. Uh, I had a project going in Louisiana, which unfortunately got stopped for political reasons, but uh, uh, you know, that where we were able to get free plans, three free plans for protecting the Louisiana electric grid. And um, uh, then once you've got a plan, uh, you know, to implement that plan, and the plan can be implemented by modest rate increases, you know, to pay for the EMP and cyber protection of the electric grid, uh, or invoking the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act that was passed by the Senator Ron Johnson, who's been a, a her- heroic warrior. He really is EMP. under yeah. the under Critical Infrastructure Protection Act. The states should be able to write to the Secretary of Homeland Security and get help hardening their grids, including paying for. Let me, let me for- ask
0: you a. Let me ask you a practical question, though. These electrical grids, most of them, as far as I know, you correct me if I'm wrong, they don't begin and end at a state line. So let's say one of these states, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, says, all right, we are going to harden ours, and that's going to be great. But what if the state next door does not? Won't that affect Texas, Tennessee, and these other states? How does that work?
2: Well, if you harden the generators and the transformers within your state, while you may be affected somewhat by a neighboring state, you can basically keep the lights on within your state. Yeah. Uh, the EMP commission recommended this, and it's called islanding. You can basically island your state. It remains on normal under normal circumstances. The grid would operate as it all always does, because we've got three big grids, the Texas grid, the eastern grid, and the western grid. You know, most of the country is on the eastern <laughs> grid. But any individual state within that grid uh, you know, if you harden your generators, harden the big transformers, uh, you know, harden the skaters, you know, which doesn't cost a lot. and It's not hard to do. Uh, you know, you can keep the lights on in that state. It'll be islanded. So even if all the other states around you have done nothing and they go down, mm-hmm. you'll keep the lights on your hospitals, your police stations, uh, the, people's homes will be uh, will have the Are any
0: states really leading the way in this regard.
2: They're trying to. Uh, Senator Bob Hall down in Texas state Senator Bob Hall has like for three or four years in a row has tried to get a bill through the Texas state legislature. You know, it always well, what's the problem The, the Republicans, the, 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 the electric, the electric lobbyists will come in. Well, do the electric and,
0: lobbyists uh, have, own the governor?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, really? Uh, when, when I was very disappointed in governor Abbott, when, uh, after after the uh, the Texas ice storm, you know, caused a serious blackout Arma. in Texas that killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That was the time for for the governor to call in, not to stop trusting ERCOT, which is the basically the the the, the they regulate the utilities in, in in Texas, and they are in the pocket of the utilities. ERCOT does whatever the Texas utilities want. And they're always turning to ERCOT and the utilities as if they have the expertise to harden against EMP and cyber. They don't even have the expertise to harden against snowstorms or mm-hmm. unexpected ice storms. You know, that was the time for him to, to to take charge himself, to get together with Senator Hall and pass Senator Hall's bill, which would have, called, would have formed a, 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 an emergency committee. You know that would brought in these defense contractors to advise them on how to harden the electric grid. What there about Florida? A, uh, a, there is a utility in Texas that is a hero. All right, I want to move Center off Point Texas. Energy. We're
0: going to run out of time. What about Florida? Yes,
2: Florida can protect itself. I've I've actually had a converse, uh, a converse, at least one conversation with Governor DeSantis about doing it, and I'm uh, uh, the, the, the 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 hypothetical executive order I wrote was a, an EMP executive order for, floor, for the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Governor DeSantis knows about EMP and he cares about it. Uh, you know, Florida would be a great state to do it. In. in fact, Florida was specifically named back in April of last year when the Russians were threatening cyber attacks against the United States. They sp- specifically mentioned the state of Florida, that they w- could make an example of Florida and black out the Florida electric grid. Now, why would they say that? They said that in uh, in uh, no no no. Why Mar- would they pick uh, Florida? I, I'm not I'm not sure why 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 particularly. It may be that they're better they're that they've penetrated that area best, or uh, mm-hmm. possibly uh, uh, you know because it's uh, uh, it's so close to Cuba that they could do other things operating out of Cuba against Florida. Uh, but they mentioned uh, three options where they could demonstrate their cyber superiority against the United States. One was blacking out Harlem in New York City, and then going bigger and going against the state of Florida and blacking out Florida, or then going all the way and doing an all-out cyber war that would black out the whole United States. But the fact that they specifically mentioned Florida is uh, very significant. Uh, let me, let have... me
0: take a break. Let me take a break. I want to bring, bring you back uh, after the break, Peter, and I want to thank you on short notice. You're very, very important in, in this discussion. And My question when we come back is this. Can we hurt Russia really, really badly if there's a cyber war? And if we go on offense first, can we knock them out before they knock us out? That's my question to you. Uh, Mr. Producer, we'll be right back. Love Levin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free, pocket-sized Constitution right now at for levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and read understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Harry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. The question for our good friend Peter Pride Could we unleash a cyber attack on them that would turn their economy and their country inside out?
2: I don't, I don't think so. I know the administration uh, claims that we could. Uh, you know, we supposedly have, um, our, I'm sure we do have offensive cyber warfare programs uh, that are in uh, deeply classified black programs uh, prepared by the National Security Agency. Uh, but the reason I'm skeptical is, you know, I look at our cyber warfare doctrine and it's really simplistic. It's It relies only on on bugs and logic bombs and everything that is associated with the Internet, uh, but it's not as sophisticated as Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, who have a much more sophisticated doctrine. Well, let, me, let me interrupt there because we only have warfare. a few minutes. Well, why is that? Okay.
0: What the hell are we doing?
2: Because, uh, you know, because... In part, it's, the, it's in part, it's the lawyers who don't want cyberspace turned into a, a, a military arm. What lawyers? I, Where? In the Department of Defense, in the Department really? of State. Yeah. Uh, here Here's a metric, OK, since we don't have much time. Uh, one of the reasons I don't think that we have that kind of cyber warfare capability is that every time the Russians, Chinese or North Koreans hit us, the government... Uh, politicians threaten, we're going to hit them back, or we should hit them back. You know, we never seem to hit them back.
0: A great you know, point. every
2: time we have a major uh, cyber attack on this country, if you look around, you follow the newspapers, you know, the bad guys never get hit back. Uh, so that makes me extremely skeptical. That we, uh, It makes me think it's all talk and that we, and that we really don't mm-hmm. have uh, an effective counter counter capability when it comes to cyber warfare. I also know the Russians have hardened their electric grid. You know, they they have deliberately used uh, earlier electromechanical technologies, which are basically invulnerable to cyber attack and uh, much less vulnerable to EMP attack. And they've done that purposely because when they originally designed their electric grid, they had national security in mind. You know, that was not uh, our electric grid has been designed by the private sector for making money, and it was never designed with national security in mind.
0: And the more we become reliant on one source of energy, electricity, we blow off coal, we blow off natural gas, we blow off oil and all the rest. We become even more vulnerable, don't we?
2: Yes, I'm a little surprised that the president is paying so much attention to the price of gas going up as the biggest consequence that Americans are going to have to pay for his uh, his folly in Ukraine. I thought they I mean, liked that. Anything. He hasn't said anything about the fact that we could get hit with a cyber attack by Russia that would black out our electric grid and could have catastrophic consequences for our for our society.
0: But I thought they wanted to drive up the cost of fossil fuels and, f-
2: they and destroy do. those they industries. Do. Yeah. Maybe they're using the Ukrainian crisis as an excuse for that. to no, happen. No, But I
0: mean, they act like they're worried about it. You know, that's the great. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. This is like your, your, your dream. This is what you've been wanting to do
2: right they've always wanted six dollar a gallon gasoline so people will give up on cars and use mass transportation or go to electric vehicles that's a that's a major goal of the climate change agenda
0: i get the sense peter prime we only have a minute that you believe we've provoked russia is that is that where you're coming from
2: yes i do i think american foreign policy was misguided and lost its way after the reagan-bush and administrations when we were going to try to turn russia into a strategic partner and then bill clinton dropped that ball during his eight years and then bush got distracted by the war on terror and expanded nato eastward and when he did that that guaranteed we were going to come into a conflict with russia i mean i i think our goal should have been
0: yeah but but the ukraine doesn't even have any nukes anymore all right we'll talk about this another day Look, I disagree with certain friends and many foes alike on this issue. The idea that five or six presidents and administrations have created a scenario in which Russia has no choice but to invade Ukraine seems to me absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Nobody's threatening Russia. Ukraine denuclearized in 1994... Uh, nobody's threatening them. And I don't buy into Putin's lies and his rhetoric. Who's threatening? Which country is threatening him? Which country even dares to th- threaten an army that's 50 times bigger than theirs? And a megalomaniac who they know will attack them? None. None. Nobody's threatening him. Nobody's threatening Russia. This is Putin holding on to power. This isn't even about Russia. This is about Putin. And his legacy. That's what it's about. Russia needs its space, we hear. Space for what? What are they talking about? Who knows what they're talking about? Like Belarus. Is I really an independent country? No, it's obvious it's not. Kazakhstan, is that really an independent country now? No, that's a Putin thug who runs that country. You can go through six or seven of these so called countries, and they're basically controlled by Putin. But he wants them all. He basically said so the other night. He said so the other night. The people in Ukraine, they are fighting for their lives, they are fighting for their country. And they deserve our support. If you're not going to give them support, at least pray for them. Ukraine has never had nuclear missiles aimed at us. They're not trying to build a technologically advanced missile system for us. They're not building alliances with communist China against us. Or the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran against us. And what next? I don't understand. How stupid some people can be. It really is amazing to me. And I want to say this. Joe Biden said something today that was correct. In addition to all the other stuff he has said. And that is that we will defend every inch of NATO territory. We are committed to this. We have no choice. And Putin knows this. He knows it. The whole world knows it. Now, if you want to see more American boys and ladies die, then you listen to these neocon artists, the sellouts and the appeasers. You listen to them. Then you'll see what the Iranians do. Then you'll see what these terrorist groups do. Then you'll see what the communist Chinese do. And more of Russia vis-a-vis NATO. This isn't predictable. This is a fact. An absolute fact. It's just shocking to me how many people fall for this crap. You see what's going on. You see what's going on. You see that Russia is bombarding these Ukrainian towns and cities, just killing people willy-nilly. The Ukrainians are fighting back. They're trying to fight back. They're putting up a spirited fight in certain parts of the country, but they're, they're overwhelmed in other parts of the country. They're handing out weapons to their citizens. There are three million, three and a half million people who live in Kiev. Their second biggest country is already taken over by the Russians on the, on the eastern border. Hungary... Poland, Romania, the Balkan states, they're all muscling up. Worried about what Russia's going to do. And you should worry about it too. These clowns are what it have to do with us. What do you mean what does it have to do with us? What does it have to do with us? I don't know. Why did my grandfather fight in Iwo Jima and Guam? What does that have to do with us? Why did my great uncle fight in Guadalcanal? What does that have to do with us? Why did men all over this country go to Europe, go to North Africa, all over the world to fight the enemy? Why did they do that? It's so far away after all. And they didn't even have intercontinental ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads. These genocidal maniacs do. You have to have a rather perverse view of America first and this country to suggest that it is we who provoked this mental patient, Putin, who's murdered his way to the top. Or that we have provoked this mental patient, G, who's got two and a half million Muslims in concentration camps. who's already destroyed Hong Kong and wants to destroy Taiwan. That's not us. Some of these people, the American first crowd, who you hear and see and read, sound like the America last crowd, like Bernie Sanders. Like the American Marxists, like AOC. I don't see a dime's worth of difference among them. And don't throw out stupid arguments. This audience isn't stupid. Conservatives, patriots aren't stupid. If we don't secure the southern border, why are we helping somebody else with their border? What kind of a stupid argument is that? We should secure our border. But the reason the other border needs to be secured too is to protect us, our alliances, our allies, and ultimately us. Us. The greatest generation. It's almost gone. They would understand every bit of this. The greatest generation would understand every bit of it. What if Putin invades Latvia or Lithuania? What if he invades Poland or Slovakia or Romania or Hungary or Bulgaria What then? Poland to the west, Slovakia to the west, Hungary to the west, Romania to the southwest, Moldova. Ever hear of Moldova? Oh, yeah. All on the border. What's the next excuse? He's already used the Hitler excuse a lot of russians in these areas ethnic russians they speak russian it's like the sudetenland you know a lot of germans all right you can have it i can hear the same voices today what do we care about the sudetenland what do we care what do you want a world war what do we care about czechoslovakia remember that that was next what do we care about czechoslovakia world war i can't even spell it why do we care then poland And the American isolationists still weren't convinced. They go to war with England. The American isolationists still aren't convinced. Then we're finally hit in Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. They and the Germans declare war on us and the Italians. Now finally we're convinced. But we're way behind the eight ball. We haven't built up our military All those four bases we have in Europe, ladies and gentlemen, we earn those damn bases. With American blood and guts. We earn those damn bases. All those bases, we earned them. Guam, we earned it. That's a fact. What, the grandchildren and great grandchildren of the men who fought? should bleed and die on those lands because of stupid decisions that we might make here? Well, well, what does that have to do with us after all? It's all the way over there. It's all the way over there. And if you dare to say what I say, obviously you want a world war, a nuclear war, you're a chicken hawk, and you won't send your kids. This, This is the kind of... Moronic insanity that we hear as Putin is marching through another country that provoked no one and nothing. He's being defended here at home. While people are saying, hey, pay attention, pay attention. People, how, how did this happen? The Third Reich? How did it happen? Mao took China. How did, how did these things happen? Stop. How did they? Well, now you see how they happen. We get home, we don't build up our military, we have a moron of it's president, we have clowns on radio and TV, many, clowns in Washington, D.C., and the enemy marches on, depending on the clowns. I'll be right back. Mark
1: Levin.
0: Alright, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on The Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new category. Carrier. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved three hundred dollars on my new phone, got fifteen gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound two fifty, say Mark Levin, and this month you'll save an additional twenty five percent for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Mark Levin and save today. wanted to turn to uh, Senator Tom Cotton who knows something about all this stuff. Senator, I'm looking at what's going on here. The Russians rolling through Ukraine. Ukrainians putting up a spirited defense and fight. They are out-armed every step of the way. Uh, partly due to us, because we wouldn't give them the weaponry they needed to bog down the uh, the Russian army. But all that said, are you concerned about the appeasement wing or the It's almost, they claim to be American first, but it seems like the America last wing that you hear in the media, that you see in the Democrat Party, that you see in the Republican Party, I mean, there's a lot of unity against Putin, I got that. But there there are these elements, it's it's really kind of shocking to me.
3: Well, Mark, thanks for having me on in this great hour. Uh, It's a constant throughout American history, really throughout human history, that some want to stick their head in the sand or look the other way when you have aggressive, brutal dictators like Vladimir Putin who launch naked wars of aggression, or in this case also threaten and telegraph that naked war of aggression for four months. Um, Many people start singing a different tune once the bullets fly, uh, and we've seen some of that in the last 24 hours. I I will say this, though, Mark, the Congress is not in session this week. um, I've spoken with lots of Arkansans. Even those Arkansans who who don't follow international politics that much, who don't know much about uh, Ukraine, they have a very strong and visceral reaction to this kind of unprovoked aggression by a larger country against a smaller country on its border. Um, And I think that we'll see in the the days and the weeks ahead that the American people strongly support um, a aggressive response, more aggressive than the Biden administration has announced thus far, Uh, to stand up to Vladimir Putin and to protect America's interests.
0: They're killing people. They're destroying uh, the infrastructure of uh, Ukraine. It's an all-out war against this country. Uh, We have NATO countries right on the border. serious Eastern European NATO countries, Romania, Hungary, Poland. You've got uh, the Balkan states. You've got uh, others. And... um, Can you imagine Vladimir Putin? He takes over Ukraine. Here he is sitting on the border. And what's he going to do for the next 10 years? Sit there and pick his nose? What's he going to do?
3: So um, I think we should add that he also has de facto control of Belarus as well. Um, To uh, the north. The main main effort uh, against Kiev is coming from Belarus, not technically Russian territory, but I think now it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. especially over the last year when he helped uh, Alexander Lukashenko, the Belarusian dictator, steal the election, that Belarus is de facto now part of Russia once again. And this is part of Vladimir Putin's long-term ambitions, Mark. As you know, this has nothing to do with Ukraine membership in NATO. That was not somehow approaching. There's no relevant deadline. There's no plan even for Ukraine to join NATO. It wasn't about military exercises on Ukrainian soil. Um, We don't conduct those if you just listen to what Vladimir Putin said Monday night in that speech. or for that matter, Mark, as I'm sure you did, read the essay he published last Mm -hmm. summer, which is entitled On the Historic Unity of the Russians and the Ukrainians. You can see that this is all about reassembling the greater Russian empire, that he has uh, the ambition to become the next great czar in the mold of Peter the Great or Catherine the Great. And he cannot, in his mind— the Russians are have greater Russia without Belarus and Ukraine and if he is successful in seizing Ukraine as you say he has four new NATO countries on his border Romania Slovakia Hungary and Poland but he also has de facto control over Belarus which means he controls both sides of what's known as the Sewalki Gap um, the strip of territory about 60 miles long connecting poland and lithuania on the north side of which is kaliningrad a small russian exclave that he has armed to the gills Uh, and i think he would be tempted in the years ahead uh, to make a run to connect belarus and kaliningrad and test nato resolve and that's why it's one of the reasons it's so important now that we show our resolve and that we put much more stringent sanctions on Russia than what President Biden announced today, and that we do fortify our defenses in NATO, uh, and that we insist going forward that our NATO partners, especially large wealthy nations like Germany, start carrying their share of the load.
0: Which I think even the German people at this point might wake up and say, uh, I think we have a problem. Now, the things that you recommended... I mean, these are obvious to me, and they've been obvious to me. I don't know what these crushing sanctions are that we're putting on Russia. They don't sound crushing to me. And if Germany has a veto over it because Biden keeps saying we all agree on what the sanctions are going to be, I mean, this doesn't seem crushing, doesn't sound crushing. In fact, it seems utterly ineffective to me. What exactly is Biden doing? Yeah,
3: I mean, um, we got a... I had a conference call this afternoon with uh, senators and uh, senior members of the cabinet, and I can tell you what, what he's doing is essentially giving a veto uh, to Europe and especially to Germany. The sanctions you heard announced today did not include the removal of Russia from the international banking consortium known as SWIFT, uh, which would have isolated Russia financially and economically much more than anything he announced today. Maybe as important, the sanctions announced today did not... Touch Russia's oil or gas industry. Now, that's in part, Mark, because countries like Germany and Italy have allowed themselves to become so dependent on Russia. But you also had senior White House officials at the podium in the White House night basically admitting that their failed energy policies also have tied America's hands. Uh, these White House officials said that They don't want to do anything that would increase the price of oil. Well, of course, if you sanction Russia to remove the leverage it has over Europe, that might affect the price of oil. But they shouldn't have spent the last year increasing the price of oil artificially by waging war on America's oil and gas industry. And if they really want to keep the price of oil low, what they should do is unlock that potential in America. They should immediately lift their drilling ban on federal lands. They should immediately start issuing new royalties and leases. They should encourage investment in that sector as, a tr- as opposed to trying to stop it.
0: Can you hold over uh, just a few minutes? Um, the news reports sure, are coming out, and I don't know how true this is. U.S. officials, Russian forces could seize Kiev at any moment. Of course, they're surrounding the city. We'll be right back with Senator Tom Cotton. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive, cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases, are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this, the more lines you have, the more you save. Right now you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line, that's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this, go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you, find the phone that's right for you, or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast.
1: Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811.
0: Senator Tom Cotton, you know, there's an effort to uh, romanticize Putin by some in this country and to smear Zelensky. Now, Zelensky's a reformer. He was actually elected president. Uh, Vladimir Putin says today he wants to denazify Ukraine. He happens to be Jewish, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, the absurdity of all this. And he has just said that based on what the information they have, the Ukrainians... He is target number one. What in the world would they do with the president of Ukraine if they capture him?
3: Well, I do think that Zelensky and the senior officials of the Ukrainian government are targets number one, uh, because the Russian government has made it clear, Vladimir Putin has made it clear in his own public statements for some time, uh, that he thinks the government in Ukraine um, is his enemy mortal enemy of the russian people is a pretender regime Um, again you can read everything that he said uh on monday night um, and that his intent is to remove that government um unclear what his next step is whether he would try to install a puppet government um, or whether he would annex all of his territorial gains into russia as he did with crimea in 2014 Um, but he was very clear on monday night that he intends uh, to destroy the government of Ukraine,
0: and um, I guess my question is this: Do people know how this man came to power? That he was really never elected. That the you know that they they created this attack, blamed it on the Chechnians, uh, which killed scores of Russians. He becomes the. Uh, the deputy, and then Yeltsin steps down and he replaces Yeltsin, and then he has spent his entire life eliminating any any foes, potential foes, en- enemies, and so murdering them. That this is what we're dealing with. You think most Americans realize that?
3: Uh, they probably don't, Mark, because Putin has been pretty successful at fooling most new presidents over the last 20 years into thinking that he's somehow someone they can work with who has shared interests with the United States. Um, who simply wants to address the legitimate needs of the Russian people. Uh, but as you laid out, Vladimir Putin is KGB through and through. Um, and he came to power in the late, 19, late 1990s with the aid of all of his fellow KG, former KGB officers. And as you said, um, they engineered um, attacks on innocent women and children in Moscow as a way to develop pretext to fight a war in the Caucasus mountains against Chechnya and um, to cement his hold on power. Uh, Vladimir Putin is a brutal and ruthless dictator, as we have seen yet again by launching this unprovoked, naked war of aggression against a much smaller and peaceful people.
0: seems to me, Senator, the bottom line is if we don't muscle up NATO, particularly these countries that are on the border with Ukraine and do it immediately. And I understand people are saying, you know, they, these countries need to contribute their 2%, 2%. About half of them do, half of them don't. Germany doesn't. I got it. But I'm worried about our national security. And for some reason, people don't understand that most wars don't begin in Lawrence, Kansas, do they, Senator? No. Most wars so, begin so Mark, somewhere else.
3: Yeah, Mark, we have, to, we have to take the immediate steps necessary to protect our nato partners countries now potentially on the front lines of an expanded russian front like hungary uh slovakia romania countries that are already on russian uh russia's fronts poland lithuania estonia latvia we have to take those steps now in the long run though we have to convince our nato partners in europe that they need to spend substantially more in defense they need to spend it on the kinds of things that will stop russia Um, And they need to take greater responsibility for their own security. That's not a solution today or next week or next month, but that has to be the long-term solution. I mean, Europe's economy is 10 times the size of Russia's economy. They have more than enough resources to contribute to the uh, defense of Europe, while we focus more on China in the years ahead. Um,
4: I agree. It's not
3: a solution this week or next month, but it has to be the long-term solution, especially, once again, for large and wealthy nations like Germany and Italy.
0: But how do we convince Germany and Italy? They they are, they are arrogant, the governments. They are stubborn. You think this will be the jolt that's
2: needed?
3: Well, I hope that they have been, as the saying used to go, mugged by reality, and that they're willing to press charges, um, that they realize that they can no longer expose themselves to such leverage uh, from Russia. I mean, this has been a 20-year a 20 20 year plan in Germany um, that has brought them to this point between Gerhard Schroeder, who is essentially a traitor to the West, who's been serving on Russian ga- oil and gas companies since he left office in Germany, and Angela Merkel. By continuing to import more and more Russian gas and shutting down all their nuclear power plants, um, they should wake up and recognize what they've done to put Their own future at risk. I mean, it it is not, it is not feasible to ask the American people to continue to care more about the future for Germany's kids than Germany's parents are willing to care for it right now.
0: But what about our own administration? I mean, look at the vulnerability they've put us in with the attack, as you point out, on our oil industry. This is a major tool that we could have used against the Russian military.
3: We now import uh, more oil from Russia than Alaska produces, which is a major turnaround, I can tell you, Mark, from just a few years ago. The vast majority of Americans who are not deluded by ideology have a clear-eyed, common-sense opinion on this matter. We should not make ourselves subject to leverage using the oil and gas of a brutal dictatorship. that has proven they will use oil and gas against their enemies. We have more than enough oil and gas in America, not only to support our own economy, but also to support our European partners by exporting liquefied natural gas. So the Biden administration needs to uh, have a complete reversal of its energy policy to include nuclear power, Mark, which we could build by the scores in America. But, Senator, they're not going to do it. Again, help our partners in Europe.
0: They're they're not going to do it. And this needs to be one of the reasons why... He is removed in three years, and the Democrats are well, removed in three years.
3: I was going to say, Mark, I think I think this is going to contribute to the many reasons why Democrats are going to be removed from the Congress in nine months.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, well, what else can we say? Senator, I want to thank you very much for your input and your patriotism. It's much appreciated, sir. Oh, I have a question, thank Tom. You. You don't have to answer this. Yeah. Are you leaning towards maybe running for president, depending on whatever?
3: <laughs> <gasps> Sorry, um, buddy. Mark, I, I will say that uh, I want to make sure that we replace all those Democrats in the Congress this fall, uh, and then we'll look to the next election. But i ah, try right. to play the game the game in front of us before, as uh, Bill Belichick might say, we, we're on to Cincinnati.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Senator. Unfair question, but I wanted to ask anyway. All right, take care of yourself. Thank you, Mark. All right, be well. He's called out China before anybody else, he and Trump. And he is very practical about these foreign policy issues. He's really a terrific senator. By the way, he'd be a terrific president, too. I really believe that. Ukraine crisis, latest news, Russia forces captured Chernobyl nuclear plant, an invasion on multiple fronts. I only know what they're telling us, and that is they think Kiev is going to fall quickly. The president of Kiev, duly elected reformer, despite what Putin surrogates and propagandists all over the world say. Um, he and his cabinet will be targeted by Putin. Now we saw the foreign minister on Fox earlier today with our buddy Brett Bear and he's flying back to Ukraine. These are courageous people, folks. These are very, very courageous people. And Ukraine is saying that saboteurs have in fact entered Kiev. I don't know. This is gut-wrenching to me. I don't know how you look at this and you say, "What do we care?" What do we care? Maybe there's a percentage of the population who just believes that. Maybe there's a significant number of you who just believe it. I doubt it. You have a good knowledge of what Russia's capable of, and you have a good knowledge of not just American history, but world history. It's true. It's very painful, I think. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. All right, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on The Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new carrier. Ultimately I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved three hundred dollars on my new phone, got fifteen gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone dial pound two fifty, say Mark Levin, and this month you'll save an additional twenty five percent for your first three months. Or just go to PureTalk.com and enter promo code Mark Levin and save today. You know, when, you come down, when it comes down to it, this isn't very complicated what's taking place and what America should do about it. I find myself, Mr. Producer, in America spending an awful lot of time trying to combat the static out there. Have you noticed that? The spin on behalf of Putin the spin against the United States, because effectively that's what it is. People pushing their ideological agendas and projecting it on top of others. The name-calling, the labeling. I happen to know this audience is too smart for all that crap, and you reject it wherever you hear it from. But this really is a simple matter, isn't it? Russia is controlled by a genocidal maniac, a killer, who clawed his way to the top by killing many of his own people. Creating events, creating drama, singing out his old KGB buddies, controlling choke points in the government, preventing, preventing, Little d democracy from spreading in the Russian, in the country of Russia. Um, that's what he's doing. Guy's sixty nine years old, figures he's got twenty years left. He's got to do what he's got to do. We're now learning that Russia has sent strategic bombers. Strategic bombers, over Kiev excuse me, over Ukraine generally strategic bombers they're going to have absolute control of the air they're just target practice target practice as so they try to decapitate the government and take over the country and install their own you know, lap dog because Russia needs its space don't you know, space for what? well, it needs its space, man China needs its space. They all need their space. And, of course, the impact of this goes far beyond Ukraine. We have an extremely important show on Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Living. If you can't watch it live, I would encourage you to DVR it. You should DVR it every Sunday, but particularly this one. I hope you listen to my opening monologue. It's a little different than what you're hearing at other places, from other people these days. And you're going to also hear from retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who's also a Republican candidate for the nomination to governor in Texas. He's not happy with Abbott, and he has not think Abbott has done enough. He might be right. And I bet you haven't heard from him or seen him lately. He's kind of been pushed to the side, but not by me. He's a combat vet, he's a very smart man, You're also going to hear from James Corifano. You heard him briefly on the radio show earlier this week or last week. He's also a retired lieutenant colonel in the United States Army. Uh, He's a brilliant man, and you'll want to hear what he has to say, I think, too. So there's three of us. First my monologue, then Colonel West, then Colonel Corifano. And... uh, I think it's going to be a very, very important program. I hope you'll check it out. It's not football, you know, Sunday going on. No <clears throat> oh, the real sporting event that anybody cares about. But even if there were, you know how to DVR the show. One of the dumbest things Biden did is over and over and over again, he would say, we're going to just put sanctions on Russia. Sanctions. You know what Putin saw that as? A green light. Of course you don't want to get into details what you might or might not do, but that's the point. You don't take anything on the table. You don't necessarily put anything on the table. This is why Donald Trump was so successful in foreign policy. He didn't do that sort of thing. We're only going to do sanctions, we're taking everything else off the table, and only defensive weaponry is going to Ukraine... No, you make them guess. You make them wonder. Again, this is why Donald Trump was so successful in dealing with Russia and China. It's why Reagan was so successful. Nothing's off the table. Now, I know that upsets some commentators and, some, and retired military, uh, uh, certain retired military, not most. But that's okay. Who cares? But they're like greenlighting stuff. But this is really very simple when it comes down to it. It's not complex. Putin wants territory. Ukraine is his big grab. We talked about this before the election. We said, who are the enemies rooting for? They're rooting for Biden. Why? Because if Biden's elected, they're going to make their move. That's exactly what they've done. But it's even worse than we thought. Because of what Biden did in Afghanistan, we never dreamed anybody would leave 9,000 American citizens behind enemy lines, did we? Look what he's doing over there with the Iran deal. He's actually selling oil to Iran. He's doing what? Excuse me. Reverse that. We're buying oil from Iran. Buying oil from Iran. Rather than our own companies. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. Three eight one three eight one one. I want to touch on a few other matters while we're here. I don't get this. This is from Politico, which is a reliably left-wing site, but nonetheless, Department of Justice shuts down China-focused anti-espionage program. Now, we hit on this the other day, but not enough. The China Initiative is being cast aside largely because of perceptions that it unfairly painted Chinese Americans and U.S. residents of Chinese origin as disloyal. Now listen to this. By grouping cases under the China Initiative rubric, we help give rise to a harmful perception that the Department applies a lowered standard to investigate and prosecute criminal conduct related to that country or that we in some way view people with racial, ethnic, or familial ties to China differently. Said Assistant Attorney General for National Security Matthew Olson for delivery at the George Mason University in Virginia. But Justice's top national security official insisted that the decision amounted to a reframing and recalibration, not an abandonment of muscular law enforcement response to the national security threat posed by the People's Republic of China. So let me get this straight. Communist China is, it's not even a close second, is by far number one in terms of stealing our information. They have a massive espionage program in our own country. The FBI has said they're the greatest threat. The CIA has said they're the greatest threat. Everybody knows they're the greatest threat. But we should eliminate this initiative which was supported by Democrats and Republicans alike when it was first put in place because it, it creates a pejorative about Chinese people. My God, do we, do we hate ourselves as a people. My God, do we want to destroy ourselves from within. DOJ will no longer... Use the framework of the China Initiative to organize or to describe our efforts to counter threats by the PRC government, Olson told reporters Wednesday, as he announced the results of a nearly four-month-long review of the china Focus program. We're ending the China Initiative. Do you know why they're ending the China Initiative? You want to know the truth now? Because they're appeasing China. It's not the surface-level title It's not the ethnicity issue of which there's none. If this were the Swedish initiative, because the Swedes are stealing our technology, nobody would say a word. We're talking about communist China, not Chinese people. Communist China. Good God, how stupid are we? Why are they doing away with this? They're appeasing Xi. And this was, is, is, is part and parcel of what will lead to the attack on Taiwan. It's interesting, and I, don't, I didn't ask Mr. Producer to go back because I don't need to prove it. It's fact. Those of you who have listened, I said Taiwan would be an extremist if Biden wins. Israel would be an extremist if Biden wins. Ukraine I didn't mention, but I should have mentioned. I'm convinced that we need a broader approach, one that looks across all the threats and uses all the authorities to combat them, says his clown. Olson said that abandoning the organizational framework of the China Initiative should not be seen as minimizing what the Justice Department still views as determined and nefarrous efforts by the Chinese government. Well, why do you call it the Chinese government? You're not going to call it the Chinese initiative. You're not going to call I mean, you can't call it the Chinese virus. You can't call it the Chinese government anymore you got to call it something else. Maybe we'll ask Dan Snyder over there at the formerly named Redskins and other commanders. Maybe he'll come up with a name for us. You know, Mr. Bidusser? What was the other name? The Admirals or something? Department of Justice is going to continue to aggressively, and they go on. They're appeasing communist China. God, I hope we throw these bums out in an an election that will be historic by every and any standard starting in 2022. And then I hope we throw out McConnell and his losers and put some really fresh, energetic, motivated leadership into the Republicans of the Senate because they are drab and old and pot-bellied and all the rest. The woman who broadcast January 6th live on Facebook, sentenced to 45 days in jail and a $5,000 fine. Our friends at Epic Times, Joseph Hanneman, a California woman who broadcast her trip through the U.S. Capitol on Facebook on January 6th was sentenced to 45 days in jail and levied a $5,000 fine by U.S. District Senior Judge Reggie Walton. I've never been a fan of this guy Walton. I don't care if Bush appointed him or not. Who lectured her for blaming Black Lives Matter and Antifa for some of the violence that day when that obviously was not the case. Why are these judges lecturing these people about what they've said? There's a First Amendment right for people to say things that are right, Things say that are controversial, things that are wrong. Why are these judges lecturing these people, unlike other people, and then throwing the book at them for trespassing? Imelda Acosta, who was described in court documents by her social media name, Mariposa Castro, was sentenced in U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia Federal Court on one count of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol building, a misdemeanor. She's parading and picketing and marching. And she's going to jail for 45 days. And for all I know, she's already been serving time in jail. As part of the plea agreement, several other charges were dismissed. Like what? Clips from her 47 minutes of Facebook broadcast were played by prosecutor Jordan Koenig at the sentencing hearing. Koenig argued for a 60-day jail term. I'll bet they used her tape to go after other people. Government sentencing memo cited statements Acosta made on the live stream, including, we're coming and this is war. Well, who cares? She didn't do anything violent? You're sentencing her for something she said while trespassing? During one broadcast, Acosta said, we're breaking in, we're breaking in, we're doing this, we're breaking in, right? We're taking our house back and so forth. Well, did she break anything? She's not charged with that. Did she hit anybody? She's not charged with that. Did she have a weapon? She's not charged with that. So who cares what she said? Judge Walton said jail time is a necessary punishment to send a message to others who harbor a similar mindset. So if you harbor a mindset, this is an example. Don't harbor that mindset or you're going to jail. Do you believe this, Mr. Producer? This is a federal judge. It is my view that in order for people to understand that if you're going to engage in the type of behavior that you engaged in, what behavior? Filming inside the Capitol building? She's guilty of trespassing? Did Code Pink get this kind of lecture? Did anybody else who protested on behalf of the Democrat Party and Democrat surrogates during the Kavanaugh hearings or any other issue that they didn't like? Did they all get this lecture? Did they all serve 45 to 60? Of course not. If you're going to make the statements that you made on that day in reference to what was uh, occurring and then If you're going to disseminate that information to others, there has to be a penalty for it. This should be appealed, but apparently not. She pled to this. And I would say this to Judge Walton. Do you even comprehend what the First Amendment's about? What the hell are you talking about? It's one thing to say you trespassed, and so I'm going to throw the book at you, which will be bad enough. But that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is you didn't like what she said. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm doing these stories, but my mind is elsewhere. It's with this Russia-Ukrainian thing. And as I speak, there's a big battle going on outside of Kiev for, for the military base there. A big battle going on for the military base. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark
2: Lovin. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
0: Mo Brooks is a former district attorney in Huntsville, Alabama. He is a patriot. Uh, He's a friend of mine. I endorsed him previously. Uh, The establishment likes to fight Mo. Mitch McConnell wants to defeat Moe. Richard Shelby, uh, the retiring senator from Alabama, wants to replace himself with his former chief of staff, who is sort of a Mitch McConnell in a dress, a complete rhino. Mo Brooks, how are you, my friend?
4: Doing great, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to share some time with you.
0: Now. You're being outraised by this this, uh, former chief of staff to Richard Shelby. All kinds of money's pouring in from the Mitch McConnell crowd, isn't it?
4: Well, yes, but let me emphasize something. There are six candidates running in the top three. I'm one of the top three. The polls have me in first. But there is another candidate that may be in second with Mm. uh, the Mitch McConnell candidate in third. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But there's a pretty good battle going on for second place. Alabama is a runoff state. Um, And you've got uh, second and third are a liberal candidate and then a special interest group establishment candidate. So we'll see which one of those two survive to face me in the runoff if they get enough votes to force that runoff.
0: What do you want to tell the people of Alabama, and for that matter of America, because all these Senate races affect all of us, about why Mo Brooks should be the senator from Alabama?
4: I am the only conservative in this race, period. Period. I'm the only one who has any experience whatsoever. Uh, you're probably familiar, Mark, with uh, how it works out a lot of times with these campaigns. They hire a consultant, a pollster. The pollster finds out what the public wants to hear. They get with the candidate and say, this is what you got to say. No requirement that the candidate actually believe it. But the campaign starts parroting back to voters what they want to say, and only later on do you figure out if the, that candidate is elected whether they really believe it. And oftentimes they're not, leaving voters scratching their heads in bewilderment about what happened. Well, I'm the one with a proven track record. Uh, Nobody else can say that of the other five candidates, as best I can ascertain. Not a single one of them has ever been elected to public office. Not a single one of them has had to actually vote on some very serious and contentious uh, public policy uh, issues. Uh, I've got that track record that establishes me as the conservative. If you believe in border security, I'm your candidate. If you believe in pro-life principles, I'm your candidate. If you believe in the Second Amendment right to bear arms, I'm your candidate. How do you know that? You can look at my voting record. With everybody else, it's a crapshoot on whether they'll do what they say they're going to do. There are are more specific distinctions between myself and others, but at the 10,000-foot level, that's the big, broad difference.
0: Why do you think this Republican establishment in Washington, D.C., is so hell-bent on nominating one or two other people over you
4: well they do that with all conservatives not just me i happen to be the conservative in the state of alabama but mitch mcconnell has a different type of governance and election strategy he believes in getting money from special interest groups and that that money then allows you to hammer blow um to smithereens whoever the opposition is in elections and i'm a little bit different i'm a founding member of the house freedom caucus I've been in it since its birth. We're the conservatives in the House of Representatives that actually fight to keep our promises and to uh, do what is best for the American people. And we believe that the way to get reelected is to do a good job. And that is not the strategy that's been implemented by the establishment, by the open borders people, by those who are debt junkies. Uh, just go down the the reasons why uh, we conservatives are disliked. Uh, by the establishment wing of the party uh, We stick to our principles, we fight for them We don't be quiet when even our own party Is doing the wrong thing And that is definitely not what Mitch McConnell And, and others like him want out of the United States Senator.
0: And you know, Mo Brooks, here's the thing The base of the party is the heart of the party And it's not establishment, it's not, Reiner The last poll I saw, or the last poll that was taken on McConnell Was he had 52% opposition in the Republican Party, and yet because of the rules you say, as you point out, because of the money, because he sets up this national Republican senatorial committee, and he has so much control over the levers of power in his office, here 's a guy that 's done very little as far as i 'm concerned, and yet he 's one of the longest serving Republican leaders ever. so let me put it to you this way without stepping all over your toes here. you are running for the United States Senate to be an independent voice for Alabama. If we can't get a conservative out of Alabama, then where the hell are we going to find conservatives? Isn't that true?
4: Uh, That is spot on, and the challenge that voters have is this. You've got probably tens of millions of dollars that will be spent trying to masquerade these establishment or liberal candidates as conservatives, And the challenge is for voters to figure out who the proven conservative is, who's the real deal, and who's the pretender. That, of course, uh, is incumbent on me to help the voters understand that distinction. But also voters need to do their own homework and not just rely on these slick 30-second ads that are designed to lead people like sheep.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. All right, let's hit a few issues quickly. Immigration and the border. As a U.S. senator, what would you push for
4: Well, I'm going to push for everything we can do to help secure our southern border. Uh, There's an organization called Numbers USA. Mark, you've probably heard of them. They evaluate uh, us as congressmen in our records. And every single year that I've been in the United States Congress, Numbers USA has graded me number one out of 435 congressmen on border security. Contrast that to what happened in 2017 and 2018. What was the number one promise of Donald Trump? Build the wall. We had the House. We had the Senate. We had the White House. And we couldn't get the Rhino establishment people to come up with the 20 or $30 billion when they're spending trillions to keep the number one campaign promise of the president of the United States, the number one reason that Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. And it was so frustrating during those two years. So I'm going to continue to fight for border security. It means evicting from the United States those individuals who have illegally come here. It means if we can establish that an employer knowingly hires an illegal alien, that they are punished for that violation of the law. It means securing the border, building that wall so that people can't just come over like they have been in the past year, where it's now over 2 million illegal aliens have flooded across our border, uh, costing the American taxpayers roughly $9,000 per illegal alien per year. And it's not just the 2 million over the last year, it's the 20 or so million that are spread out uh, throughout our country. That's a huge burden on American taxpayers to have to absorb that net tax loss. So anything and everything that can be done on border security, I'm there.
0: Mo Brooks is a candidate for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate in Alabama. You have the endorsement of Donald Trump, too. Isn't that correct?
4: Uh, That is correct. And Donald Trump, Jr., and Senator Rand Paul, Senator Ted Cruz, and just about every conservative voice. Most importantly, one of our great conservative thought leaders, Mark Levin. If you want to help, go to MoBoard.com. Mo,
0: Mo, I should endorse you again. Let's hang on, Mo. I want to finish. uh, We have one more segment, so don't hang up. We'll be right back.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
3: Levin, a champion of freedom.
2: You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark
0: at 877-381-3811. I've endorsed Mo Brooks for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate from Alabama. He is a a solid, solid conservative. Be, uh, he'd be a tremendous addition to the United States Senate. Mo Brooks, uh, The Democrats believe we should do more to confront Russia uh, on their attack in Ukraine. I happen to agree with that. There's a lot of Republicans who believe this Reaganites. I think even President Trump would agree with that. But here's my problem. They don't support the military. They don't support funding the military. They use the military for experimentation, social engineering. They push critical race theory. They go after military personnel who haven't been vaccinated, and on and on. They abuse them and underfund them and then wonder why not more is being done. Are you going to be a leading voice in the Senate to support our military with additional funding and so forth?
4: Absolutely, and that's the same role that I played in the House of Representatives. And at the same time, I'm one of those willing to vote against National Defense Authorization Acts or defense appropriation bills. When the socialists are using them to their advantage, by way of example, we had Pelosi's National okay. Defense Authorization Act that uh, passed the House of Representatives back in September. I voted against it. Why? Because it had drafting our women. Why? Because it had red flag laws that undermine the Second Amendment right to bear arms. Uh, why? Because it had Congress ratifying uh, the power of the president to fire our military personnel who refused to to take vaccines, who had the audacity to exercise liberty and freedom uh, to make their own decision. And so I'm one of those who also has the courage to vote against bad National Defense Authorization Acts when the socialists use them as vehicles to do their damage to America.
0: That's so true. And you, you are gutsy. You do stand up and so forth. If people want to help you, Mo Brooks, where do they go?
4: Mobrooks.com, mobrooks.com, or in the alternative, keep listening to the great one, Mark Levin.
0: Oh, thank you, Mo. Mobrooks.com, America and Alabamans. You take care of yourself, Mo. We wish you all the best.
4: Thank you. It's looking good, Mark. Appreciate all God you do. Know. God
0: bless you. You're more than welcome. It's a good man, Mo Brooks. Vladimir Putin, not so much. This is from uh, Yahoo News. And this is important. How rich is Putin? And how can the West sanction his money in Ukraine crisis? Russian plus President Vladimir Putin, he's launched this full-scale attack, as you know. The uh, West says they're going to really punish him, and so far, of course, they haven't. Uh, many believe these sanctions will do little. I happen to be one of them, because they don't look like very significant sanctions. Now, what about his wealth? Just days before it was believed that Western nations would impose sanctions on Russia, a $125 million super yacht believed to be owned by Putin was swiftly, uh, swiftly sailed from German waters to the Russian territory of Kaliningrad. The luxury yacht, named Graceful, had been left at a port in Hamburg for repair work before it abruptly left on February 7th. One report revealed the yacht was receiving several modifications, including a swimming pool extension and the enlargement of two balconies. In 2017, Fortune magazine said Putin was believed to be the richest man in the world at that time, with a net worth of $200 billion. Yes, he stole it from his people, of course. Hermitage Capital Management CEO Bill Browder, who previously worked as a fund manager in Russia, said in 2015 quote after 14 years in power of russia and the amount of money that the country has made and the amount of money that hasn't been spent on schools and roads and hospitals and so on all that money is in a property bank swiss bank accounts shares hedge funds managed for vladimir putin and his cronies billions last year a palace worth 1.37 billion one Home was featured in a viral video by Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Whatever happened to that guy who has since been jailed for allegedly embezzling donations, an accusation he has vehemently denied. Navalny said the luxury Black Sea property was paid for with the largest bribe in history. He said they built a palace for their boss with his money. One builder described the palace as if it's an Egyptian pyramid. I reckon about 1,500 people worked on the construction site at that point, the builder told the BBC in 2011. There were Russians, Uzbeks, there were soldiers. There was a rush to get it finished. According to others who worked at the site, the property included a Japanese garden, a gym made of marble, an underground ice hockey rink, and a vineyard. This is Putin. A recent investigation by Forbes put forward a number of theories about how Putin could have amassed and hidden his fortune. One theory relates to Mikhail Khodogovsky, a Russian oligarch who was once believed to be the richest man in Russia with an estimated $15 billion fortune. In 2003, he was imprisoned on charges of tax evasion and fraud. This is what he does. These oligarchs, these billionaires who challenge him, who won't feed him hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars... Opposition leaders, he hits them on tax evasion. It's not that the guy's smart. He's consistent. Kordovoski's fortune was frozen and his companies were broken up. But Browder, who's wanted by Putin after being sentenced to nine years in prison in 2019 for, guess what, tax evasion and funneling money overseas, told Forbes he believes the arrest could have allowed Putin to cut new deals with other oligarchs. He said the deal was you give me 50% of your wealth and I'll I'll let you keep the other 50%. If you don't give me 50%, I'll take 100% of your wealth and throw you in jail. And that was the choice. Another theory is that Putin increased his fortune by using his position in government to help his family and close friends. Forbes suggested those in his inner circle would offer him money or stakes in a company they acquired as a result of his help. One of Putin's friends... Arkady Rottenberg, received more than $7 billion in state contracts in the lead-up to the Saatchi Winter Olympics in 2014. According to investigation by Reuters in 2015, Putin's daughter, Katerina, then 29, had corporate holdings worth $2 billion in her reported husband, with her husband, Kirill, whatever, Shmalov, son of Nikolai Shmalov, a longtime friend of President Putin. Financial analysts reveal that the wealth of Putin's daughter stemmed mainly from a large publicly disclosed stake in a major gas and petrochemical corporation that Kirill acquired from another friend of Putin's. Kennedy Timchenko, who was hit with sanctions from the U.K. earlier this week. Along with the holdings, Putin's daughter reportedly owned a villa in France worth $3.7 million. Not much is known about his other daughter's wealth. That's what reporters in the West have uncovered. But what's the official Russian party line about the president's wealth? An annual list of declared earnings in the Kremlin stated that Putin is paid 8.6 million rubles per year, or $234,000 as president of Russia. In 2015, Putin famously claimed he didn't know much about his salary, saying they just give it to me and I put it away in my account. The properties he declared in 2019 included two apartments, three Russian-made Soviet-era cars, two M-21s and a lot of Neva, and a skiff trailer, also made in Russia. In other words, he's, he's just a regular guy. Despite all the items listed, no international buildings or apartments were featured, and on and on. Now, why am I reading this to you? Well, first of all, the guy's a scumbag, so that's pretty obvious. He's stolen hundreds of billions of dollars from his own country. That's number one. Number two, Are you telling me that Joe Biden and Europe and other countries can't figure out how to sanction this guy and get their hands on these these monies? I have an idea, Mr. Producer. We bring in Justin Trudeau. He'll know how to freeze this guy's accounts, don't you think? We bring in Justin Trudeau. He's a good little fascist. Fascist versus fascists. He'll figure out how to freeze Putin's Putin's assets, in my view. One other thing before we go to the break, and this is very serious. Russia threw a tremendous amount at this little country of Ukraine. Threw a tremendous amount at this country over the last 24 hours. Multiple Russian divisions... Scores and scores of Russian tanks. The Russians own the skies. They fire 200 missiles into their cities. And Ukraine stands. The battle going on in eastern Ukraine, where the Ukrainian army had been dug in for a decade and a half against the Russian army, has apparently been a trenched battle. The battle in part of northern Ukraine apparently has been an entrenched battle. The reports that we're getting, and I'm not there, so I have to base it on reports, Russia continues its, its effort at a blitz towards Kiev. They believe their best chance is to encircle that city of 4 million people. Four million people. You know what that is, Mr. Producer? That's bigger than the city of Chicago. Four million people. They want to encircle it. And they want to cut it off. It's the quickest way to take it out. And they have brave leadership there, ladies and gentlemen. Zelensky... And the rest of his cabinet are still there. They're not running anywhere. In fact, some of them went back to Ukraine, the foreign minister from the United States. I wish them all the best. And I hope the Russian army takes as many casualties as possible. I'll be right back. Mark Lubin. A lot of tap dancing going on there tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? Radio, TV, websites that have gotten it so wrong. Tap dancing. I don't tap dance. I do like to watch it. You know, the old timers, the Fred Astaire's and others. And I'm not very good at it myself. You know... uh, Selena Zito writing for her paper in Pittsburgh, new firearm owner, shaking up gun culture in American politics. This is a real reporter. She goes into the communities, into the neighborhoods that others don't. Most of them sit back in their office like Philip Bump. Philip Bump, whose backside, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that is very appalling to me. He's built more like a pear than I would say Hillary Clinton, wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? I would say he's built more like a kumquat. Would you agree with me? I think so. And, uh, but Selena Zito goes out there where the people are. And you know what she's finding? Lots of people who never bought firearms before are buying them, and it's changing the politics of this issue and the gun culture all together it's broadening its support and appeal I will tell you I go to these NRA gun shows two or three times a year I think they're about four or five times a year in my community they have them in Chantilly Virginia at the Dulles Convention Center and what I noticed last time is the number of minorities that were at this show I've never seen so many minorities from all parts of the world American citizens. And I was thrilled. Thrilled. First of all, people buying weapons to protect themselves. Becoming part of the Second Amendment culture. And then, of course, most of them siding with us politically, as opposed to the gun grabbers. Folks, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters and emergency personnel. And we salute our truckers. North, south, east, and west. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you.